What's up, everybody? This is Edgar Martin from the Q&E Podcast, just bringing you this message that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. It could be sports, entertainment, or anything else that you feel people might want to listen to. Once again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, Podgo. You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm coming in again, damn it! What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. Edgar, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We got a lot to talk about today for y'all, man. You know, Manny Pacquiao retiring again could have sworn he did it already you know we got a lot of nfl stuff to talk about uh some surprise teams that's really shocking everybody right now and then some teams that we expected to do well are still kind of on that downward slope and then you know we got entertainment current events and all that for y'all today so we got a packed show yes sir and let's dive into it with the nfl man let's talk about aaron Rodgers, man uh, I ain't like what he said last week about being the Lions. He was talking real spicy, but he showed his ass against the 49ers and he had a clutch drive at the end to save the Packers against the Niners. The Niners put up one hell of a fight because honestly, Jimmy G was trying to lose him that game, dog. I'm telling you, <laughs> he had a couple of terrible turnovers, bro, but he ended up having a clutch drive at the end too. But how did you feel about this Niners or Packers matchup and how impressed were you by Aaron Rodgers? I was very impressed. I mean, it, it's expected. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers. Granted, week one, he looked terrible. Everybody was coming out with the notions, you know, does he even care to be there? Is he having that effect on his game to where he doesn't even care to win certain games? And then he comes back week two. You know, he he's doing the ice in his vein thing while he beating <laughs> the Lions. And everybody's like, well, calm down. Like, you should beat the Lions on Monday Night Football. This is what we're expecting. But now week three came, week three has come, and you know, he he's facing a Super Bowl contending team in the 49ers. I believe they were on the road, and he put on the performance. He put on, you know, two two touchdowns, almost 300 yards, only missed 10 passes, so 23 out of 33. So he did Aaron Rodgers like things. Granted, the San Francisco 49ers could have played better, but this is nothing to slight Aaron Rodgers at all. He did MVP like things in this game. And Aaron Rodgers showed us why he's one of the greatest players of all time, because some of the throws that he was making, bro, nobody else on this planet, probably other than Patrick Mahomes, can get away with it. bro. I'm telling you, the throws he was making, the throw he had ended up making the Valquez uh, or, or Marquez Valdez-Scantlin in the corner, the one to um at the end of the game, the Devontae Adams that went right over the yes. defender's hand, like, it was some throws that he made that nobody else on this planet could make. So he showed why he's one of the greatest. And they, they deserve that win, bro, because they tried to choke it at the end. The Niners tried to take it from him, but they deserve that win. That The defense the Niners was running at the end was kind of questionable, being that you have 30 sec 37 seconds left against Aaron Rodgers. You know the point is to get a field goal. Why are you in a zone style of defense like that? You're not being aggressive at all. It didn't make sense to really sit back with 37 seconds left. Well, I'm not upset that they were sitting back the way they were in a zone because, granted, it is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Brady are three quarterbacks you obviously don't want to leave any time on the clock with. 
but I'm not really mad at the defense they had. They just couldn't execute with it. Because but they, when did, they didn't even cover. They didn't even cover Devontae Adams on a lot of those throws. That's that, that's why I'm really mad. That's what I'm saying. Because you can play they, a zone, but you got to yes. make sure somebody is on Devontae Adams at all times, bro. He's the that, only player going off. He didn't throw to anybody else for real last game. You have exactly. to make sure he is guarded. So you could have played a deep zone. I get it. The Hail Marys and all that. But not guarding Devontae Adams and him having two deep catches didn't make sense, bro. Because there, there's a way you could double him while playing the zone. So that's what I'm saying. Like, they tried to keep everything in front of them. It just didn't work to their advantage in that moment. 37 seconds, they're thinking, okay, it is A-Rod, but he has, like, X amount of yards to get before they even get in field goal range. And I don't remember if the Packers had one or two timeouts left or however they had many no they timeouts. had. But they had no they, they had no that's, timeouts. That's what's crazy about it. Yeah, no that, that was their mentality. They're like, we're, we're going to keep them in front of us because they have no timeouts. I feel like if they did what you said and just doubled Devontae Adams while still being in that deep coverage, I feel like it, they would have got the dub. But they, they just didn't execute it as well as they should have. It was nothing wrong with the defensive scheme. They just didn't do it. That jump was so frustrating. If I was a Niners fan, I would have been hot. Because as a casual fan, I'm watching. I'm just like, it doesn't make sense that he's catching the ball. If anybody yeah. catches the, else catches the ball for the Packers, I'm fine you with you. You take that Yeah, I understand it. But you can't lose with Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams for two deep passes. It cannot happen, Niners. It cannot happen. That would have been a big win going into 3-0, and especially going into your division where it's going to be a manslaughter. That would have been a huge win for y'all confidence. Now nah, it's kind of shaky. Y'all played impressively. You know, you still got quarterback questions, but now it's not the same momentum that you would have had if you had this win. So good win for the Packers, though. Good win for the Packers. So definitely give them their credit. Uh, move forward. Let's move forward with the Rams dominating the Bucks thoroughly, bro. Matt Stafford showed his ass. Everybody for the uh, the Rams really showed their ass. The the Bucks really didn't show up to play. You being a Bucks fan, what did you really see, and what did the Bucks not do on Sunday? I mean, honestly, I wasn't surprised. I I picked. I was probably surprised at how bad we lost, but I'm not surprised that we lost at all. You know, I'm looking at it right here. Brady threw for almost almost 500 yards. You know, granted he only had one touchdown, but the yards were there. The the rushing game just really couldn't hit for us. I believe that's really what it was. Ronald Jones couldn't get anything. Fournette couldn't get anything. So running the ball was definitely a problem for us, but that's going to be a problem for anybody going against the Rams where you got Aaron Donald and the rest of them boys up front. Plus Jalen Ramsey spying the way he spies the QB now and able to be in those blitz packages. So it wasn't anything I was surprised at other that other than how bad we lost. I picked the Rams to win the game because I said it to you, um, I think yesterday or the day before, the Rams had more to prove in that game than we did. Granted, we're still supposed to go out there and try to win, but the Rams had a lot more hunger. They're trying to keep their undefeated streak going just like how we were, and they're trying to show they're the best team in the NFC. Plus, the Bucks were missing uh, JPP and Antonio Brown, both both pieces uh, key to the offense and defense. So it was a week where we just weren't the better team. But I know for a fact that we're going to make the adjustments and come playoff time, if we have to see them again, it's not going to go like that. If we if we do lose again, it's not going to be a, a blowout like that. I don't know no, it, it, that, I, I, I agree. Think, I don't think, I don't, if if you're going to say that, if you say they'll beat us again, okay. But a, a blowout the way it was, like, no, it's not going to be that again. 
They're gonna have to. And this beat is us, the beat this is the real. thing about the Rams, bro. The Rams have the perfect team to beat the Bucks. They have the secondary that can lock down anybody, and you have somebody like Jalen Ramsey roaming around the field, so you don't know where he's gonna be at on any given play, and it's gonna surprise Tom Brady because he's disguised most of the time. And you have an inside rusher, which Tom Brady hates because he loves to stand in the pocket like Aaron Dalton, who's going to get in the backfield. And then you have a player on the other side of the field in Matthew Stafford who can keep up with Brady. A lot of these quarterbacks can't keep up with Brady. So if Brady, even if he's having a bad game, the other quarterback against that Tampa Bay defense isn't going to have a good game. But Matt Stafford is elite, and he's showing why he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm scared for the Bucs. I picked the Rams to go to the Super Bowl, and I'm very confident looking at this game because they have all the pieces. Barring an injury, I don't know why this team wouldn't get there. You have uh, uh, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup looking like an all-pro, Jalen Ramsey. Where are your holes for real? You maybe can say something at linebacker, but other than that, I'm just like, it's not really any holes. Like I said, barring any injuries, I'm real confident about the Rams getting to the Super Bowl. Because it's crazy how Matt Stafford, I'm looking at the stats right now from the game, you know, Matt Stafford had 100 less yards than Brady with throwing but he had four touchdowns compared to Brady's one, you know? So it's like, granted, he's not throwing the amount of yards, but he's getting the key throws in, in this type of uh, situation where it's two head to head um, matchups like that. So it, it's not even a situation of which quarterback is more comfortable because Brady looked a little comfortable. Granted, you had Jalen Ramsey coming at you every couple of plays, but Brady wasn't even really getting knocked down like that, but still couldn't win the game. So I feel this game was really, on our defense and our running game on why we didn't win. Hopefully we can make those adjustments and breaking news today. Richard Sherman did sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a one-year deal. So I know we'll probably get into that, especially because I got a poll for that for two wild Wednesday and everything. So I hope even though Richard Sherman physically may not give you what you want, if you're the Bucs, that wisdom and that intellect, he's still one of the smartest defensive players in the league. You know, so I, I hope that gets us over the hump, at least with our secondary. Yeah, he was definitely the best free agent on the market. So I'm not mad they picked him up. But the last time I was seen Richard Sherman on the football field, he was getting cooked. <laughs> he was getting cooked. And it was more of like a zone type of style. Like Sam Fran doesn't run a lot of man to man like the Bucks do. So if they asking Richard Sherman to run man to man, I'm worried for the Bucks. Like they need <laughs> Murphy Bunting to come back like ASAP. I don't yeah. know how long he's going to be out. But they miss Murphy Button. And it's funny because y'all fans be getting on Murphy Button head, but y'all see how he um how important he is to this team. Without oh, yeah. him, niggas getting ate up. Jamel exactly. Dean ate up. Even Carlton Davis was getting ate up. So y'all better pray that boy come back soon because y'all need him. He a young boy, but he gambles a lot, and he's really a playmaker in that secondary. He has a lot of picks when you need him. Real clutch player. I like Murphy Button, man. And they need him back ASAP. And let's move forward with. Are the Steelers the worst team in the AFC North? I ain't going to lie to you, man. The Steelers look cooked, bro. The Steelers look cooked, and Big Ben is the main culprit. I tried to tell y'all <laughs> niggas what was good with Big Ben before the season. Niggas ain't going to listen to me. Niggas said their defense was going to be this. Najee Harris was going to do this. I said, bro, you can't do nothing without a quarterback, and he's showing it right now that he can't do anything, bro. He's throwing passes directly to linebackers, bro. Yeah, like he's looking at a linebacker and throwing it to him. You seen that one play when he he fell while he tried to throw the ball? It's like, <laughs> bro, this man is 
about. I don't know how else to say it. He's done, bro. And it's okay. He's obviously old. This is what's going to happen with old age. But the problem with the Steelers, they have no succession plan. They have nobody to back. I was just about to say, they, they have no plan B right now. They have no plan B. You have Dwayne Haskins to back him up. But do you have confidence in Dwayne Haskins when you just seen him struggle with the Washington? Would this you make that situation. switch? This another situation. Cam Newton waiting, y'all. This like the third team now. Washington, Fitzpatrick went down. I'm looking like, where Cam Newton? Another situation with Miami and Tua. I'm like, okay, Cam Newton out there. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger may not be hurt, but if I'm y'all right now, I'm looking at Cam Newton like, yeah, I like him over Dwayne Haskins. Let's bring Cam in. So this is the third NFL team now that has a situation coming up where they could call Cam. I hope it happens. If it doesn't, that's just going to be a sad situation. And I told you about that Cam situation. And I think that's the reason he hasn't been brought in because of the distraction, man. Him being an alpha male, I really think that's the reason. And it's sort of like a mellow, a mellow type of situation that's going on. You remember when Melo was out the league for like a year and then he finally got brought back on. It's like, oh, Melo can still hoop. But for that short period or that for that year, a lot of people was like, oh, Melo, why? She ain't this, he ain't that. But when you look at him or like a play against uh, all these NBA players, like, oh, he still got some juice left. I think it's going to be the same thing with Cam, bro. A lot of people don't want to break him on because he's an alpha male. And a lot of teams don't know if he's willing to take that back up role. And a lot of people don't want that distraction because when you break him in, questions are going to be asked when he's going to be the starter, especially when you bring him into a Washington football team situation and you got Heineke, Heineke been looking good sometimes and he looks bad sometimes. It's like, okay, when is Cam going to get the job? Same thing with Miami. It's like Cam is, is de- I watched that whole Miami game. He's definitely better than Jacoby Brissett. So it's like, when is Cam going to be the starter? As long as two is out, that question is going to be asked. So I don't think teams want to answer those questions. I think that's why he's been out of the league for Three weeks now, and I, have, I feel like he hasn't been getting any calls at this point. Teams are scared to make it. But I, I feel like once he came out in the interview with his dad and everything, once he came out and said, you know, I am I was willing to be a backup to Mac Jones, you willing to be a backup to a rookie, I, I doubt you ain't willing to be a backup, you know, to a vet, especially if the vet is Ben Roethlisberger. As bad as he's playing, it's Big Ben, you know. So if Big Ben ain't hurt, he's going to start. So it's a situation where I would bring Cam in to where it's like, okay, if the game's getting really out of hand or if Big Ben goes down, you got Cam Newton to come right in. And that won't be a situation where you're looking at who's going to be the starter, blah, blah, blah. Because like I said, as long as Big Ben healthy, we know who the starter is. So that that's my take on it. I, that's why I feel Pittsburgh should give him a call. You know, um, Mike Tomlin, he, he definitely need to be on that if he has the, the pull to do that. But, yeah, man, how do you feel about the Steelers? They lost to the Bengals this weekend, and they lost bad to a Bengals team that a lot of teams didn't look forward to. But the Bengals honestly look better than I could have ever expected, too. So I got to give the Bengals their credit. But how do you feel about the Steelers moving forward? I, I didn't pick the Steelers to make the playoffs this year. I said that, like, two times before the season started, especially when we made our playoff picks and everything. But I didn't expect it to be this bad. I didn't expect – uh, Najee Harris to not make any noise yet, you know, going into week four now. I didn't expect Big Ben to – I didn't expect anything great, but I, I definitely didn't expect, you know, terrible play like two weeks in a row now, you know. So I, I don't I don't really know what to make of this Steelers team. Juju Smith-Schuster been real quiet. All that TikTok dance and stuff, you ain't seeing it no more no, now. I, so I, 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 I don't ain't know gonna what's let y'all going do that on. To my man. I ain't going to let y'all do that to that man. No, sir. I'm blaming that on oh, Big Ben. 
Nah, cause no, y'all I, saying I that. No, play, no, no, I, 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 I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying. You try to blame the the TikTok dancing. No, for the I'm not. Football. I'm not blaming. That ain't the no, reason. No, I'm not blaming it. I'm not blaming the dancer. I'm just saying, like people are saying, you know, he ain't dancing no more now. I was one of the people that didn't care that he was dancing last year. I'm like, hey, you're winning. Everybody does stuff like that when you're winning. And then even when they were losing. He was like, I've been doing this all season. Just because I'm losing, I'm not going to stop doing it, you know. I'm just saying, like, these these are the things that people are going to bring up. Like, you know, the TikTok dancing, then got quiet now, so Juju ain't got no game now, stuff like that. People are saying that. People are going to come out with those assumptions. The problem, I watched some film on this Steelers and Bengals game, and I want to say Najee Harris had, like, 10 catches, and that's not a good thing. Like, Big Ben was checking the ball down all game, and the the Bengals were sitting on it. Like, the Bengals were sitting on the short throws. That's why he threw a pick right to a linebacker. He wasn't throwing deep. He wasn't even throwing intermediate routes. He was throwing check downs the whole game. And it, it wasn't like a lot of the Steelers receivers were just locked up. They were open a lot of times, and it's like, Big Ben just isn't hitting him. He's not throwing it. He's scared to throw it deep. Does he not believe in his arm? I know he has some sort of pectoral injury at this moment. So is that the reason that he's not trying to throw it a little deeper? And that's is that why he's just throwing nothing but check downs? But he threw nothing but check downs on Sunday. And it's like, you got to get this man out of here. This is all he going to do, bro. Because it's not helping your team. It's hurting you, if anything. So I blame all of that on Big Ben, bro. I can't th- blame it on the wide receivers because they open. He just not hitting them. Yeah, and like you said, Najee Harris just had over 100 yards, you know, 14 receptions and 14 14 carries. 14 receptions and 14 carries, but you got 102 yards receiving and only 40 yards rushing. Like, I'm not understanding. That's what I'm saying. When you you see a running back, if his name ain't Christian McCaffrey, there's no reason he should be getting 14 receptions, bro, because you know them all check downs, bro. I was about to say, so if you I, ain't I, Christian I, McCaffrey, Dalvin Kamara, Cook, or Alvin Kamara, yeah, like, yeah, you don't need to be getting bro. that many. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Especially, and I think the identity of the Steelers is so different from what it used to be because the Steelers were known for, like, a ground-and-pound team, and mm-hmm. the offensive line isn't as good as it once was. Uh, the running back, they have a new running back. He's good, but... We're not seeing that same type of momentum that they're used to have in the in Pittsburgh, bro. It's not the same type of identity. Like they're trying to believe in Big Ben, and now they got to a point where it's like, oh, if Big Ben doesn't have a good game, we lost because that running game isn't dependable anymore. So now you need Big Ben to save you, and he's too old for it now. So now your team look trash, bro, because you depended on him for so much. So yeah, man, I don't know where the Steelers go from here. Especially with this QB class, bro. A lot of people saying this QB class gonna be shaky. So even yeah, in this QB class, I don't know. I don't know who you're looking at. It's gonna be kind of weak. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, we are gonna talk about that with the uh, college football segment. And let's move forward. Last thing for NFL: What the fuck is going on in Chicago with Justin Fields? <sighs> Let me say this. I told I you, man. Matt- you don't want his job. <laughs> he don't want his job, bro. <laughs> And that's what I was just about to say. He, Because Dan Orlovsky said it perfectly this week, bro. It must be intentional 
or negligence the way that he played Justin Fields on Sunday. Did Justin Fields play bad on his own? Yes. But you have to give some of that to coaching, bro. They were not putting him in the positions to succeed. If you know Justin Fields, he is a rollout quarterback in the NFL. Give him some easy reads. Get him comfortable first to stand in the pocket and make the big-time throws. There were no rollouts. There was no six-man protection. There was just nothing but pressure on Justin Fields the whole day. He really didn't have any time to get his throws off. So I'm looking at the, the, the coach as, like, what are you doing here? Why can't you keep a running back in to block some of these pass rushers for the Browns? Because didn't Miles Garrett have, like, four and a half sacks? He has some yes. people season in a game. Like, this nigga was exactly. going crazy. And you, you didn't have one sense in your brand to say, oh, we might have to double team him. We might have to get a, a tight end a chip. Like, bro, it four was Four and a dog. half sacks. And, and they had nine sacks in total. Yeah. And they had nine sacks in total, bro. It's no reason somebody should have 30 dropbacks and nine sacks, bro. That don't even make sense, bro. So I have to put that on coaching in the offensive line. Did Justin Fields play good? Not at all. But, bro, that, that coaching was terrible. But this is where I'll play devil's advocate because – all before the season started, even after week one and week two, before this week three game even happened, myself included, a lot of us were saying, just go ahead and start Justin Fields. Like, we know oh, yeah. who QB1 is. Yeah. But now, is it kind of looking that. like, it's kind of looking like, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Some people yeah. may say, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Should it have been a situation where you just didn't start Justin Fields and let, and, not um Andrew Luck, but, uh, Andy Dalton. What you call it? And Andy Dalton and um Nick Foles just have the top two QB positions because you know the offensive line is this bad. You know Matt Nagy just isn't great at play calling. So are you willing to jeopardize the production that Justin Fields will have just to calm everybody down and say this is who the starter is? If we know we can't expect anything good from you coaching-wise, I think it's a situation where some people are going to look at it, bro, like, well, maybe Nick Foles should actually get in the game, you know, as opposed to risking Justin Fields. You have to roll with the quarterback that gives you the best chance to win. And that is Justin Fields. If you don't put him in the positions to succeed, what can we do with this, bro? It's nothing that we can do because Andy Dalton would have had a similar type of game if you give him 30 dropbacks and you give him no protection. He would have a similar type of game. So I think you have to roll with the best quarterback. I think the best quarterback is Justin Fields. You're just not using his athleticism. You're not using what he does best to make a game plan, bro. I don't know what you're using an Andy Dalton game plan for Justin Fields. And that's that's the real problem. You're using a but drop do, back players for Andy Dalton, and that's do the you problem. Think, do you think they could benefit from Nick Foles having any type of snaps, whether he we starts in the Foles game or last not? Last year, we see Nick know, Foles last year. But I'm saying, like at, at this point, you got to be when when Matt Nagy came out of uh, Monday, I believe it was, and said, you know, all three quarterbacks are under consideration right now. At first, I did look at it as, you're crazy as hell. You just don't want your job. But I'm kind of looking at it now. It's like, is is he kind of right for saying that? Because he might, he probably doesn't want to risk Justin Fields, like, getting hurt or anything like that if this is the type of offense we're going to see. How are you not I'd risking to have, be hurt? How are you not I'd risking to be Andy hurt Dalton you leave him situation. with five minutes? The, that's, what, that's what I'm saying, bro. I don't think he's trying to protect him because if you were trying to protect him, we wouldn't have seen what we seen on Sunday. So it can't be you trying to protect him, bro. It can't be. 
But I, I think, think he was listening to the noise of everybody saying, you need to just start him, bro. You need to – this is who the QB1 is. And then we see I don't think that was seen. the situation. Andy mm-hmm. Dalton got hurt. And that's why he went with Justin Fields at this point. It wasn't yeah, because – That's what I'm saying. Justin you could have went with Nick Foles. You could have had Nick Foles start. Everybody would have been on your head. But if Nick Foles would have started and we would have seen the game go how it went – I don't think anybody would have said Justin Fields should have started because we would have seen how terrible the online was and we would have seen how terrible the play calling was. And we can't, we probably would have been like, damn, I'm glad Justin Fields wasn't in that situation. Those quarterbacks are more suited toward those game plans, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are similar type of quarterbacks, drop back quarterbacks. They are not mobile. Those two quarterbacks cannot have the same game plan as Justin Fields. They are on two different planets athletically. There's no reason they should both be standing in the pocket, and that's the problem. Justin Fields is known for holding the ball longer than a lot of these uh, veteran NFL quarterbacks. When you know this, have him roll out of the pocket so he has more time. When the other team, Miles Garrett said this, bro. He said, we were surprised there weren't more rollouts. We were surprised that they had him stand in the pocket as much as he did. If the opposing team is saying that, that's coaching. That has nothing to do with Justin Fields. That's coaching. If the opposing team is expecting the rollouts, bro, what are we supposed to think is them, the the fans looking and saying, God damn, if they saying it, why are we doing it? Like, it wouldn't make sense that way. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I see, bro. It has to be a change of game plan because I would rather see a coaching change then them go to just them go to Andy Dalton or Nick Foles. I would rather see a coaching change, somebody who's actually going to put a game plan around Justin Fields. I would rather see that than see Nick Foles get in because somebody has said this too. It wasn't just a disservice to Justin Fields on how bad that game was. It was a disservice to the defense. The defense mm-hmm. played one hell of a game. They held the Browns to like 13, 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Majority they of the were game. holding, they were holding the rope for the offense, praying that the offense did something, and the offense never came through. So it's a disservice to your defense because your defense is still good. All of these years, y'all had Mitch Trubisky and your defense has been good. They're starting to tell off a little bit, but they're still good. And now you're doing a disservice by not putting a game plan around Justin Fields, bro. It doesn't make sense. That's coaching. That's the come on, bro. Give me you gotta you gotta work with me here, bro. You gotta say it's coaching. Like I said, Justin Fields didn't play good. And a lot of these rookie quarterbacks are struggling, so it's not really surprising to see Justin Fields not play well, but it was just the way it went down with the nine sacks and all of that shit. But Justin Fields didn't play good, but the coaching was just oh my god, that shit was terrible, bro. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Definitely need to see a change soon. Whether it is quarterback or coaching, they, they need to do something. Something needs to be different by uh this week's game. I forgot who they who do they play this week. They play they play the Lions on Sunday. So it, that should be a dub for them. Come on, bro. And the Lions been looking pretty solid too. The Lions should have beat the Ravens and they hung in there with the, the Packers and they was in the game with the Niners too. The Lions ain't the, the team that you want to come in half-stepping against because they'll beat your ass. Like, you better mm-hmm. come to play. Come on, you better have a game plan ready. We we should not see the same game plan that we've seen on Sunday this game. It can't be, bro, because that's that's a fireball offense. If you do something twice and expect a different result, yeah, you got to go. That's the definition of insanity, and you got to go. That's a fireball offense. You got to get the fuck out of here, bro. For real, for real. All right, man, let's move on to week four and tell you about some of the big games for this week. What we got for this week, man? 
We got ooh, we got the Cardinals versus Rams. So mm. both teams three and zero, and we talked about how tough the NFC West was going to be, and the, this is probably the battle of the best two teams in the NFC West. But this is the, this is the game I really want to see because are the Cardinals ready to take that step? I already know about the Rams; the Rams are legit. But are the Cardinals ready to take that step in the conversation of the elite of the elite? Because we've seen them beat some teams, but it's like, yeah. I want to see you play against somebody in your division and have some sort of consistency. That was the problem last year. And I feel like if they do something like beat the Rams this year, I will be convinced like, okay, the Cardinals for real. But I have to see them beat the Rams, bro, to be really convinced. So how do you feel about this matchup? I think win or lose. I, I feel the opposite as you. I feel win or lose, depending on how they win or lose this game, is going to tell me whether or not they're in that upper echelon of teams at least in the nfc to make it to the super bowl this game is going to tell that if they win obviously the answer is going to be yes but if they lose i think if we see a hard fought battle to where it's going to come down to the wire in this game that'll be enough proof for me to show me that they are now if they lose and it's like a, a 14 point deficit or it's like they they had the lead but Matt Stafford makes a comeback or something, then I'm going to be like, okay, they're not ready yet. But this is what, year three for Kyler Murray now? So you're in your third year. You got two offensive weapons and A.J. Green and D-Hop now. The defense is looking stout. This is the game. This is going to be the game that lets us know. So whether they win or lose, it's all going to be about how it happens. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Sunday night football, we got Bucks versus Patriots. Obviously, that's Tom Brady's uh, homecoming uh, back to New England. But the Patriots, honestly, have not looked good at all this season. The one win they had this year was against the Jets. Yeah, it was against the Jets. And mm-hmm. I don't think this game will be close. How do you feel about it? Uh, I feel the same way. It's not going to be close, especially when news came out this week that uh, not only was Brady and Belichick's like separation like kind of shaky, the fact that Belichick, basically said goodbye over the phone to Brady and Brady came out and said, you know, that was kind of telling about how our relationship really was the whole time, you know, so it it might be some bad blood there. I feel like Tom is, he's going to come back knowing he has the better team, knowing he's going to be a lot healthier than he was this past week against the Rams. He's going to go home and he's going to try and put at least 30 to 40 points up on the board on these boys. So I'm not expecting it to be a close game at all. Mac Jones, Hey, I'm gonna pray for you, bro. Cause it ain't your fault. You just gonna be in. The, you finna be in the crossfire, bro. You finna be in the crossfire. Ex- expect yeah. two to three picks from Mac Jones. I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. Expect two to three picks from that dude. Yeah, man. Mac Jones. Honestly, with all of these quarterbacks struggling, Mac Jones has looked the still looked the best to me. Oh yeah. Like Lawrence hasn't looked great. Uh, Wilson definitely hasn't looked great. So the person that's actually looked the best has been Mac Jones, and that's not even like a high bar that he's setting. So it's like, man, Trey, it's, Trey, it's a real Trey Lance is looking all right too. Trey Lance isn't starting, obviously, but the moments Trey Lance has had to prove himself, he's looked pretty decent too. So I will say, Mac Jones and Trey Lance do look the best. And moving forward, we got the Raiders versus the Chargers in Monday Night Football. That's game of the week right here. This is game of the week. Raiders I don't know. Char- I, I feel like that. I feel like that Packers Steelers game. That's game of the week. 
as bad as this Big is, Ben playing, it's, it could be a redemption game for Big Ben, and it could be another week for A-Rod to prove to y'all, hey, I, I'm back. It's I need y'all to know I'm back. Packers versus That's, Steelers? That's about to be a whooping. That's about to be a whooping. All right, I'm telling you right I'm telling you right now, Big Ben going to walk in there like it's a redemption game. Like, nah, past two weeks I've been trashed. I got to come hard. And I'm on the road versus A-Rod? I'm telling you, bro. It, it's it's at 425 for a reason. That game is in the prime time slot for the middle of the day for a reason. Oh, man. If a person you, you shows might, you, you who they right. are multiple times, you have to believe them, bro. If a person yeah, shows saying. you who they are multiple times, you have to believe them. And I'm seeing Big Ben is cool. It, it, it's one of them OG matchups, bro. I, I ain't going to turn my nose. It's one of them OG matchups that could go either way. No matter how good one team playing, how bad one team playing, it could it could go either way. But the, the Raiders-Chargers game, that's definitely going to be a, a great game too, though. And the Chargers, honestly – should be 3-0 and as well. They had that one yes. loss to the Cowboys that went down to a field goal. But it was a lot of mistakes made by the Chargers during that game that could have, mm-hmm. that should have went their way. They have had a good win against the Chiefs this week. Like, this is going to, are the Chargers going to make the playoffs? Like, are the Raiders the best team in the AFC? Like, there are good questions that are uh, at, being asked going into this game because the Raiders are looking like one of the best teams in the AFC, if we're being honest. The defense is actually playing defense. Derek Carr, I know, is leading the NFL in passing yards. He's looking like one of the best QBs in the NFL. So who's going to step up the most from these up-and-coming teams? That's really what I'm looking forward to, bro. It's going to be a fun QB matchup, and I'm looking forward to it, bro. What do you expect to happen? I'm expecting uh, a way better game offensively, like you said, from the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert is one of the – I have him as a top-10 quarterback in the league right now. So I, I just expect nothing less. Derek Carr putting on the MVP performance, though. So let's see how they do on the roll against another AFC uh, heavy hitter. And they, they, this is a division matchup, too, ain't it? Oh, yeah. This honestly, yeah they, they, they honestly leading the division in the AFC West, and we're going to get to that. because This is going to be a test. This going to be a test for both teams. This going to be a test to see if – Herbert can, you know, stay in the fight and prove that he can lead this team to the playoffs. And it's going to be a test for the Raiders, you know. Hey, are y'all for real? Is this 3-0 and just a fluke right now? Like, are y'all really like that for real? They already got, like, what, two big wins out of three already? But mm-hmm. this this will be another big test for them. Because this, this game last week against the Dolphins, that was usually the game that the Raiders usually blew. They have two good wins, and then they'll blow a game that they were supposed to win. The Dolphins had no Tua. I'm telling you, if this game was last year, the Raiders would have blew it. But them getting that W, even though it was in overtime, was big for their confidence. And if they get another good win with the Chargers, I think we can see some sort of momentum. Because they're doing this without Josh Jacobs, too. So this is all on the back of Derek Carr, Darren Waller, I think Peyton Barber. Henry Ruggs, Peyton Barber, Renfro, I know have been going off recently. So those players are really keeping them in the fight. And I, I like what the Raiders are doing, man. I really do. And let's move forward with the picks of the week. So let's start it off with the Thursday night football. We got Jaguars versus Bengals. Uh, Bengals. Yeah, I got Bengals. Browns versus Vikings. Vikings. Browns. The Bengals would be three and one if they beat the Jaguars. That's crazy. Did not expect that at all. Chiefs versus Eagles. Uh, you said Chiefs versus Eagles. Uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Colts versus Dolphins. 
Ooh, both their quarterbacks missing. Oh, I think Wentz came back this week. Ah, uh, still two Dolphins. <laughs> man, if Jacoby Brissett playing, man, I'm rocking out with the Colts, man. I'm rocking out with the Colts. <laughs> Jacoby did not look good. Giants versus Saints. Uh, Saints. Yeah, I got the Saints. Lions versus Bears. Lions. I'm a, I think I'm going to rock out with the Lions too, bro. <laughs> I'm going to rock out with the Lions too. Panthers versus Cowboys. Mm. Oh, do the Panthers stay undefeated or do the Cowboys continue to make their case? Uh, I got the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. Panthers going to stay undefeated. Sam Darnold going to light them boys up. Uh, Texans versus Bills. Uh, Bills. Bills. Titans versus Jets. Titans. Titans. Washington versus Falcons. Uh, Falcons. Hmm. Washington. Cardinals versus Rams. Uh, mm. I'm gonna go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm rocking out with the Rams. Seahawks versus Niners. Both division matchups in the NFC West. Uh, Niners are at home, but I'm going with the Seahawks. Seahawks done look terrible two weeks in a row now. I doubt Russ gonna let that keep happening. So I'm going with the Seahawks. I got the Niners, man. I'm rocking out with the Niners. Yeah, like you said, the Seahawks just have not looked good. I don't, I don't know what's going on with them. Ravens versus Broncos. Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> this is a good mm, one. Damn. Ravens versus Broncos. Uh, I'll go with the Ravens. I'm this gonna, with that's going to be a... I'm I was about to say, that's going to be a big game. That's going to be a big game yeah. for the Broncos. They're yeah. undefeated right now. They're 3-0, and but everything they played have not won a game yet. They're they're yeah. trash. So this is mm. their first real game of the season, in my opinion. So I, I like Teddy B, but I feel like L- Lamar going to eat that team up. I'm rocking with Teddy B, man. And I was about to say it. I was about to write an article about it, my fault about how Teddy should be in the MVP conversation. Because even though you said what you said about them beating all of the teams, and they, I think all of them have uh, no wins or only have one win yeah, or something They're 0-9. Like mm-hmm. Yeah, they're 0-9. So, obviously, you would think the Broncos need to eat up on that team. But I'm telling you, if Drew Locke was the quarterback of this team, they would not be 3-0 right now. So, I think him coming in is giving this team a different level of confidence that they didn't have going into the season. The defense has been looking pretty stout, but Teddy B has been putting on a great performance. And also, they've been down, like, a couple receivers. Judy got hurt in, like, week one, I think. And then they just lost K.J. Hamler. So if he goes in – are they playing at home? They're at home. So if he, they're at home. They're at home. So if they go – now, if they uh beat the Ravens at home, I think Teddy B got to be in that MVP conversation, bro. I'm going to just say it. I think Teddy B got to be in the MVP conversation. Four and over the Broncos? Who expected that? I about to say nobody line. expected that. No, no matter how trash the um first three teams were, nobody expected four and no for the Broncos. Yeah, man. So shout out to Teddy B, bro. Shout out to Teddy B. So I got the Broncos. I got the Broncos. Steelers versus Packers. Uh Packers. Packers for sure. Bucks versus Pats. Bucks. Bucks. Raiders versus Chargers. Mmm. I'm going to go with the Chargers. 
I'm going to go with the Raiders, man. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Also, NFL picks update. I think me and Edgar are still tied for first at this moment, but it's close because I know Black is only like one game behind us. I want to say we're like 32-16, and 16, something like that, something along those lines, but we are very close right now well, when it comes to the standards. So the money is on the line. Money is on the line. So got to look forward to these uh, coming weeks. And let's move forward to college football. First thing I wanted to talk about is how bad Clemson is because they look terrible. When I tell you that Clemson lost to Georgia, which is an understandable loss, top team. I think Georgia is the best team in the country. You, But the next week, they play South Carolina State. They almost lost to South Carolina State. Nobody blinked at it, though. Niggas was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? They just struggled that week. Next week, they play Georgia Tech. They almost lost to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is not a good team. Even though they beat North Carolina this weekend, <laughs> Georgia Tech is not a good team. NC State is solid. And Clemson went into NC State thinking shit was going to be sweet once again. And NC State knocked them boys off their feet. <laughs> I told y'all niggas Clemson won shit this year. And I don't think this will be the last game Clemson loses. They're going to lose a couple more games for this season over, bro. What do you think Clemson's biggest problem is? And what has to change for them to get back on track? Because I think they're out of the college football playoff, honestly. I, I think the offensive weapons that they just usually had just aren't there. Uh, you know, DJ just isn't playing as great as I expected him to play. So I, I really feel like it's it's just the fact that all the talent that they had over the past three to four years, it's all in the NFL now, you know. So I feel like they're just – they're back in that rebuilding stage. I don't think Dabo Sweeney is doing anything different. I, I think they're just they, – they're like LSU at this point. They're in rebuild mode. They, they dominated for – the last three, four years, making it to the playoffs or winning the playoffs or being one of the top five, ten teams. And now it's like, okay, all those classes that were legendary or close to legendary are gone now. Now you got to find that next group. And this is why Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban are still on two different levels. I don't think it's out of eye. I still think Nate, Nick Saban is still clearly above him because yes. Nick Saban – it doesn't matter who his coordinators is, who he has planned for him. He is going to put out the number one team in the country every year in the SEC. So when you see the difference between who the, the Clemson is playing and who Alabama is playing and just the way that you can he can evolve with everything that comes with the, the new college football, I don't think Clemson has evolved well. They have relied so much on talent more so than evolving their scheme. I think they relied too much on Trevor Lawrence these past couple of years. They relied too much on ETN. Their defense is still good, but offensively, they relied too much on talent. So when your talent isn't producing, you have nothing to fall back on because your scheme isn't there. Your offensive coordinator isn't putting anything creative into the playbook to make DJU comfortable. We see no rollouts. We just see um, DJU in the pocket getting sacked most of the time. This is why I'll put the question as, this is the worst Clemson team since when? Because with Deshaun Watson, they never looked as bad. Shit, even with Todd Boyd, they didn't look this bad. So we have to go back to probably 2009, probably the year before Dabo came to say, this is the worst team since then because I haven't seen a worse Clemson team since, bro. Like I said, the defense is good, but they have no offensive scheme to fall back on. And with, uh, with Nick Saban, you can never say that because he evolves with the times. He brings in the, the Lane Kiffins. He brings in the Steve Sarkeesians who evolved. We see all the Alabama quarterbacks go to the NFL. 
it was a point when niggas thought Alabama quarterbacks was ass. Like, them niggas never go to the NFL. McCarron and McElroy, they ain't shit. They used to be a running team. Now they throw the ball all across the yard now. So you see the evolution of the two programs. One likes to evolve and adapt with the schemes. One is left living in the, the old times, and we're seeing what they are, are, are at right now. And this is why I've been saying for at least a year now, you know, when Nick Saban is gone from Alabama, I don't think it's still going to be the same, bro. Because I remember you were trying to tell me, you know, players are still going to go to Alabama because of the reputation they've built and the yeah. just the name that Alabama is. But are they still going to win at the level they've been winning once Nick Saban is gone? I doubt that. I strongly doubt that they still continue to win. I don't even know if they still bring in the same amount of recruits that they bring in now. There have, there have been points, like, it because it doesn't happen every year, but there have been points over the last, like, 10, 15 years or so now where you've had multiple five-stars at the running back position at Alabama just sitting and waiting. You, you've had multiple, like, four-star linebackers, like, just behind each other at Alabama and things like that. I don't think that era is going to continue once Nick Saban is gone. Are they still going to get top players in the league? I mean, in the country, of course, because it is Alabama. But the winning is going to decline. So once Nick Saban is gone, whatever year that's going to be, the next two, three years after that, please, y'all, please don't be surprised if Bama slips out of the top four. They might slip out of the top 10 at one point because it's just All right, not you're going to be far. the same. Going too far. I'm Man, telling you, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same, but I can't see no huge drop-off, bro. I think it's going to be similar to what going down at Ohio State with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer went, obviously, uh, Urban Meyer is a Hall of Fame type of coach, but Ryan Day brought in the same type of talent, but he isn't winning the same as Urban Meyer is because it's just a different allure when you play for those Hall of Fame coaches. A lot of players come to Alabama to play for Nick Saban. That is what it is, but I still think you're going to get those talents in the building. But you're not going to win as much as you are right now because they don't have that type of experience. A lot of these new coaches got to get that experience in big games. Yeah, they're not going to win as much, no. But they're not going to drop out of the top ten. They have too much talent to drop out of the top ten. They're still going to stay in that range, though. If if Nick Saban leave and they don't get the same amount of talent, I think they could drop out of the top ten, bro. Because Ohio State, Ohio State ain't trash right now, but they're out of the top ten. They're not what we're looking at right now. Clemson, but what what doesn't Ohio State have? What doesn't Ohio State have? Like what, what you mean? Does as far it, as Ohio position? State have? Oh, yeah, Nick Saban. Do, do they not? No, they don't oh, have a quarterback. Oh, quarterback. I I ain't know if you were talking about positions or just in general. Yeah, that, and that's my point. Like when you have a quarterback, covers up a lot of holes, and the recruits he's bringing in at quarterback cover up a lot of holes. So if he continues to bring in these type of quarterbacks, even when he's gone, the quarterback can uh, can cover a lot of shit. I would feel like, and I don't feel like at a lot of these programs like Ohio State. The quarterback can't cover up your holes for uh, Ohio State over the past couple of years. Justin Fields covered up a lot of holes and they lost a lot of pieces on defense, too. But as long as you have the quarterback, I think you will be fine. Will they win as much? No, but I think they will be fine without Nick Saban. I do. And also, the next thing about the college football is, is Arkansas legit? Having a big game against Texas A&M, they really thoroughly dominated Texas A&M. They, Texas A&M really couldn't do shit uh, going into this game either. But how did you feel about this matchup? Do you feel like uh, Arkansas is for real? They got Georgia this week. So it's a huge matchup in back-to-back games. I I feel like Arkansas is definitely legit. You know, Texas, no, nobody really cares about Texas much, but they are still a big name and they get big recruits. So they got a huge win over them with that. 
And then the next big game that they needed was Texas A&M. When they showed that they could beat uh, a previously top five team in the um, nation and showed that they can, you know, play with the big boys like that, they're slowly creeping. I don't think they're going to get any higher than maybe the seventh or sixth spot because of the rest, the way the rest of their schedule is. Yeah, they schedule they hard as hell. <laughs> they schedule like, crazy. So I, I definitely seen them losing to Georgia. Hell, they might they even got, lose They got Alabama. They got Alabama when, on it. Yeah, they got Ole Miss on their schedule. They got a lot of niggas on their schedule. <laughs> yeah, so. I, they got a lot of niggas on their schedule, man. But they'll, they'll beat Auburn. They'll beat Mississippi State. They'll beat LSU. And they'll beat Missouri. But Alabama and Georgia, they, hell, they'll, and just, they'll even beat think Auburn. Think about what you just said. Think about what you just said, bro. Think about the teams you just named. You named Auburn. You named LSU. You named Mississippi State. Like, those aren't even the best teams in the SEC. But we got them boys from the Big 12 coming over to the SEC. And you see how Oklahoma and Texas are both struggling in the Big 12 right now. Y'all got to play teams like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, who aren't top teams in the SEC, but they still finna beat y'all. And they rank. And they rank. They're not even top teams in the AFC. Crazy, so bro. that's just, this is why I tell a lot of people Oklahoma think it's gonna be sweet when they get over here, bro. They're gonna be a middle of the pack team, bro. Because I'm telling you, you got to play teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and this is every week. You just ran off the schedule at, with Arkansas. Like you're you're gonna be possibly put in the SEC West because yeah, they're on the West. They're gonna be in the Midwest, so you're gonna be put in the SEC West with Alabama, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU. Uh, LSU is in the SEC West. Bro, you got a dog fight every week, bro. This shit ain't finna be sweet. <laughs> so I don't know how them niggas finna transition, bro. If you're struggling with the Big 12, I don't know how you're going to get right with the SEC, bro. I just don't know. I don't Man, know. That's a crazy shit. I, I like what I've seen from Arkansas, though. Arkansas, they, they, they got a chance to only lose, like, three games, really. Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. Other than that, they, they win in the rest of this. And that's and that's a good thing for Arkansas, man. And um, a lot of people didn't even they were on rank coming into the season. A lot of people didn't have high expectations for these teams. Uh, Traylon Burks had been snapping at uh, the wide receiver. KJ Jefferson looking like the mm-hmm. next Cam Newton. That nigga there, boy. That nigga, he a stud, right? He a, he a, and he a pro for sure, man. I like what Arkansas has going on, but it's the coaching. Arkansas hasn't been this team for a long time because they couldn't get right with the quarterback and the coaching uh position. But they have both at this point, so now we're seeing the success. They always had talent. Like, when you're at Arkansas, you got Texas, you got Arkansas, and you have Mississippi. You really have, like, that region of talent at your disposal. So they have been able to get talent, but now it's all coming together because of the quarterback position. That shit means a lot. (laughs) This shit means a lot, bro. So uh, definitely shout out to Arkansas. I agree with you. Three games uh, most likely. Maybe two games. Uh, I I think they possibly beat Ole Miss. But um, uh, but definitely two games with and, Georgia and uh, Alabama. And if um, if I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm fine with a three loss season. Hell considering yeah. you was considering the fact year. we ain't, I about to say the fact <laughs> we ain't did shit before. Now I'm definitely yeah. I'm satisfied with that. And you eighth in the country, you shaking shit up like man, this should be the most proud you've been of Arkansas since Darren McFadden days. That's probably the last <laughs> time they've been good for real. Like nigga since '05, nigga, whatever the fuck Darren McFadden was there. It's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a goddamn minute, man. So definitely shout out to Arkansas, man. Definitely having a good season. And let's look forward to the big games in college football. Do we have any? Let me see. I'm oh, right Arkansas, now, um, Arkansas and Georgia, what we just spoke about. Oh, Cincinnati versus Notre Dame. The week is here. The week yeah. is here for Cincinnati versus Notre Dame, bro. What do you expect for this matchup and who wins? 
I got Cincinnati. Notre Dame has been kind of looking shaky over the past two weeks. So, but Cincinnati has been on a roll. Like I haven't really seen too many flaws in what they got going on. I had Notre Dame possibly making the the college football playoff before the season started, but it's definitely not looking that way right now. So Cincinnati gonna stay undefeated and get that dub. Oh, and Alabama and it's gonna be it's gonna be a strong it's gonna be a strong road game too for them. So I, I hope they do win. Bruh, and you see what the spread is minus one and a half. Boy, this game finna be crazy, bro. Because Notre Dame is coming off a good win against uh who they play. I think they played Wisconsin last week. So Notre mm-hmm. Dame is coming off a good win. Cincinnati had a bye week. So we gotta see if Cincinnati is for real, bro. They need to show up this game, bro. They need to win this game. Because if they don't win, they're not getting to the college football playoff. You know how it is for power, a group of five teams. Right. So they need this game because if they win this game, they're in. This is the time that you have to stand up, Cincinnati. This is exactly. the time. This is the time, bro. Y'all had a week off. Y'all should be fresh for this game, bro. I picked y'all niggas to go to the college football playoff. Y'all got to show me something, bro. I'm picking Cincinnati. Y'all got to win me this game, bro. Y'all got to win me this game. And uh, next we got Ole Miss versus Alabama. Yeah, that's that's going to be a good game. I got Alabama winning that, though. Alabama going, yeah. It, it's going to be a good game because Mississippi going to, they're, they're going to show a lot of promise in the future that they have. But Alabama is still going to win. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama definitely winning that. And that um, Auburn and LSU game, though, that the Auburn-LSU game, uh, it's not going to give I've what seen... it's supposed to give, but it's a tough SEC matchup. So, I mean, Auburn almost lost to Georgia State this week. I don't really want to talk about him. <laughs> when I went, once I seen once I seen that bro, I was like, nah, bro. Auburn they plumbing, they, they ain't for real this year, man. They, they ain't it this year. They you, you, know they gonna, you know they're gonna promo it though, because it's an SEC game. You know they're gonna promo it. Oh, for it. sure. <laughs> Auburn versus LSU. LSU looked good last week. I had watched the game against Mississippi State. They look good, man. I like Max, uh, Max Johnson, Boutte. They got some good players, man. LSU always gonna have good players, but yeah. And let's move forward to the NBA. This is the only thing I have for the NBA, and it's Kyrie, and it's 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 really the vaccine situation that's going down in the NBA, the WNBA. We've seen our, uh, the, the rule already hammered down in the WNBA. Uh, if you play in San Francisco, if you play in Brooklyn, if you are not vaccinated in those cities, you cannot play in games. Because I know for the WNBA, it was Skylar Diggins. She couldn't play for, uh, I forgot her team. Did she play for the Wings? She played for the Wings, don't she? No. Um, damn. Who's Skylar played for? It's not the Wings. Is it Tulsa? Mm-hmm. Skylar, it's not for the wings. I know that. Skylar Diggins. Is it the sky? No, nah, it can't be the sky. The Mercury. That's what she played for. The Mercury. Phoenix Mercury. Yep, 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 yep. yep. I about to say, yeah, it's not Dallas. Okay, yeah. So she couldn't play last week. And so the NBA is, is they're hammering down the same type of rules, even though the NBA doesn't have any protocols or mandates for the vaccine. Certain cities are putting the mandates into effect starting last week. And Brooklyn is one of those cities. If you are not vaccinated, you cannot play. So Kyrie is, has opted out saying that he doesn't want to take the vaccine. He has his reasons. So you got to roll with it at this point. So do you think he is willing to miss games this year due to the vaccine? That's- I wouldn't be surprised. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving doesn't surprise me with anything he says or does anymore. Kyrie Irving could come out today and say, I just don't want to play anymore. 
Like, and I'll take that as, oh, shit, like, is he retiring? <laughs> like, you know, so Kyrie Irving is very believable. So, and, and he is somebody that, like, really looks deep into a lot of things. So, if he doesn't want to get the vaccine for whatever reasons of, of his beliefs or of his research, that's his right. But it's coming down to, are you willing to miss games and lose money because of this? You know, you're not so, getting paid I, either. You're not getting paid for these missed games. That's what I'm saying. So, it's like, I, but... I heard on one of the sports shows this morning I was watching, I think it was yesterday morning, that it's a situation where it's kind of hypocritical. Because if you aren't um, primarily in Brooklyn like somebody like Kyrie Irving is because he plays for Brooklyn, if you're the away team and you're unvaccinated, oh, you can come here and play here unvaccinated. But you're telling the person who is on the home team that he can't play if he's unvaccinated that's where the hypocrisy comes for me and that's why i think the nba and any other league that's thinking of doing this they need to look in the rule book again they all need to sit at this but round it's not table the nba it's not the nba it's this this well, is not an nba man it's not an nba mandate this is the city of brooklyn so the nba yeah, doesn't true. have any they have no as long as you're a, a worker uh, yeah, a worker, quote unquote, uh, in the city in, of Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you have to be vaccinated. That's it. The NBA has nothing to do. Like I said, the NBA has no mandates. Like they're not telling anybody to get vaccinated. So Kyrie's and Kyrie is one of the. Um, he's a executive. What what is his position? Executive president. He's in a, something like that. He, he's the the vice president of yeah the players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vice president. That's what he is. Vice president of the NBPA. So I'm pretty sure he was one of the players to say, yeah, we're not going to mandate the vaccine. But when your city say you got to get it, it's like, now you're putting this shit into effect. It's like, what can I really do? Like, he can really only play role games. Because this is this is the tricky part. LeBron James just came out the other day and said he just got vaccinated. So you have multiple players in the NBA getting vaccinated. Draymond Green, LeBron James, like big faces in the NBA who have a lot of pull and a lot of say-so in what goes on and who speak out on so many things and here you are Kyrie Irving you're the vice president of the players association and you're you're leaning towards you know not getting it you're not telling people to not get it but you definitely have your own feelings on it and don't feel like it should happen so is it a clash is it going to be a clash of the big names in the NBA like well these big players are getting vaccinated but you have these big players over here that don't want to and it's kind of a situation where it's going to come to a point where everybody is going to have to get it. And I think that's the tricky part about it. It is, bro. Very, very tricky. But I don't like these people that are trying to tell Kyrie, like, nigga, you got to get vaccinated. Like, exactly. Bro, and bro has, and this is what I don't like about the the anti-vax community, because I'm not against the vax. I'm probably going to get it eventually. I just don't need to get it at this point. I don't feel like I need to get it at this point. But the anti-vaxxers, bro, like the, how aggressive they are in their stances of getting the vaccine doesn't make sense because if somebody has done their research, bro, and, and feel how they feel about it, why are you disagreeing with what, how they feel about it? Like, damn. Like, it's not like Kyrie had COVID before. He's been safe for all we know. Why are we saying, oh, you got to get the vaccine? Or if you don't get the vaccine, you're a bad person. Like, you're judging this man's character for no reason just because he's not getting the vaccine, which a lot of people are opposed to. But just because he's an NBA or a professional athlete, Y'all feel like y'all got to tear this man down for some reason because he doesn't want to take the vaccine, which a lot of the community doesn't want to. So it just doesn't make sense with the anti-vax. Like, I feel like you need to spend that time informing rather than tearing down, bro. And um, 
I remember you had ended up tweeting about it, man, with the Family Guy, the Family Guy clip that they yep. ended up posting recently. That shit was so brilliant, bro, because they exactly. didn't tell you to get the vaccine. They didn't use their platform to tell you, get the vaccine, you need to get the vaccine, this is why. They informed you on what the vaccine was about, and they made you make your own decision. If you felt more comfortable after watching that clip, then fine. If you still didn't want to get it, that's fine. But they didn't push it on you like a lot of these people are trying to push the vaccine on you, bro. Inform somebody if they don't have the, the true knowledge and haven't done their research. But don't try to tear me down uh, act like I'm a bad person for not getting it. And for the people who don't want to get it, like Kyrie Irving, don't feel like you always have to have this educated answer on why you don't. I heard Marcus Spears say this morning, you know, if I was still in the league and people was asking me and I didn't want to get the vaccine, I just tell people, I just don't want to get it. Like, there is no deep reasoning behind it. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm just doing all this research and that's why I want. I just don't want to get it. Plain and simple. Because it's going to come to that it's yeah. it's gonna come to that point, bro. Information is out there, and there is there is uh cited information, there's proven fact information. The vaccine is FDA approved and all of that. So it's a situation where you you can't say you've done your own type of research anymore because the research that everybody should know is out there. If you don't want to get it just because you don't want to get it, say that. You're just gonna have to down that hill, but just say that. And I feel like the players are being pushed into that corner, though, because a lot of the players continue to say, like, uh, if, even if I get the vaccine, I can still catch COVID. And I feel like that's not a good reason. I'd rather you say, I just don't want to get the vaccine and say, uh, everybody, some people with the vaccine still get it, because I don't feel like that's good reason for it. But I feel like you're getting pushed to the corner to have, like, an educated guess, because uh, these the anti-vax community is going to be like, why do you don't get it? Why you don't get it? And you have to have some type of answer behind it. But if you don't want to get it, bro, yeah. don't get it. As me and my OG was talking yesterday about the vaccine, bro, and it's just like, you don't know the effect of how the vaccine will have on you 20 years down the line. Like, this shit can be good for you right now, bro, but you just don't know the effect. With the, with the smallpox shots, with the flu shots, nobody knows the effect of it. It can be good for right now, but you never know, bro. And maybe you need another shot to counteract what the vaccine is doing for us now. You never know what this shit is going to do to you, bro. And if so, if you're somebody that's young and physically good conditioned and you don't feel like you have to get it, it's like, bro, I can't be mad at you for feeling that way because you don't know the effects of the vaccine. It doesn't matter if it's approved or not. The government has given us approved shots before and they had effects down the line. That's just how it is. I, I agree. That's why I tell people, man, whether you get it or not, stand firm on your decision. And like, like you were saying, you know, don't bash either side. If you're somebody who don't want it, don't bash people who get it. And if you're somebody who did get it, don't bash the people who don't. Let them live with uh, the consequences of their decision either way. Yeah. But it, this, uh, this is a tough situation for Kyrie, man, because obviously you're on a championship type of team right now. You want to be there with your team. You want to be there with KD. Uh, we've heard a lot of trade rumors with Kyrie in the past few weeks uh, anyway for Ben Simmons. But we heard that KD ain't going for none of that. He want Kyrie to be there. So I wonder if him and KD are going to have a conversation like, hey, bro, they have I to. need you. They're going to have to. He, he, I feel like it's going to come to a point like that. I feel like uh, Kyrie is going to get the vaccine because of KD. Like, KD, KD is going to have a conversation like, bro, I need you, bro. Like, we not winning this shit without you. Because that's what I'm telling you, bro. Like, you got big names like LeBron and KD getting the shot, and KD is on your team, and you don't have the shot, and you're literally you, – you could be in an argument for the second best player. You and Harden, like, you're in the top two, three players on your team, and the, the best player has it, and you don't. That's going to cause friction. Like, y'all have to have that conversation 
before the season starts, especially while training camp going on right now. Yeah, bro. That's that's a tough situation for Kyrie to be in, man. Definitely wouldn't want to be him at this moment, bro. That's definitely tough. Um, move forward to two wild Wednesday. What you got for two wild, bro? All right, my first one. Richard Sherman will help make the Bucks a top three defense. Too wild or not too wild. That's too wild as fuck. Like I said earlier, man, last time I seen Dan Richard Sherman, he was chasing down a lot of wide receivers for touchdowns. So, nah, too wild. I say too wild as well. Um, It'll definitely elevate us. Like I said, his knowledge, his intellect, his ability to still play zone to a certain extent and just be able to to be that extra guy. You know, like you said, Murphy Bunding is out. So having Richard Sherman ain't too bad of a thing to um have right now. So and, and Brady believes in him. It, there's this thing about Brady believing in certain players, and then when they actually come and play with them, they play phenomenal. We've seen that with Antonio Brown and uh, I believe a couple other players, even Josh Gordon to a certain extent. You know, so I um I, I feel like it'll help. But top three, yeah, that's too wild right now. And definitely, and shout out to my man uh, Josh Gordon too, getting back in the NFL uh, with the with the Chiefs at this point. And honestly, I don't care what that nigga does on the football field, bro. I just want bro to stay clean off the field. That's that's literally all I want because we've been going through this roller coaster with Josh Gordon. It feels like with him at this point because we get excited every time he come back, and two weeks later he out of the league because of the issues off the field with the drugs or with the alcohol or whatever it may be. I just hope my man stay clean. I know he done been through multiple rehab programs. I just hope Josh Gordon, the man, is good moving forward, man. Like fuck, what's going on in the football? And what I got for two wild Wednesday, man, the chief. Oh, and it's about the two wild Wednesday is about the chiefs. The chiefs won't win the AFC West too wild or not too wild. Uh, let me look at the AFC West. That's the, Rams, the Raiders Chargers. Not the, I'm yeah, not the Rams, but the Raiders Chargers and Broncos. Ooh, not too wild, bro. That's not too wild. The way the Raiders are playing right now, the way Derek Carr looking like an MVP candidate, a leading MVP candidate, is not too wild to say that the Chiefs won't win that, bro. This is tough. Ah, because obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so you feel like they can just flip on a switch. But it's something about Patrick Mahomes, bro, that I have to say. Patrick Mahomes has been getting away with a lot of shit over the past few years. And I think it really came to a head and I really seen it for what it was in this past game on Sunday. He throws up a lot of bullshit and his wide receivers and Travis Kelsey really save him. My mom said that. My mom said that the other day, bro. She was like, Patrick Mahomes, like he makes great plays every now and then, but he just throws the ball up a lot. And I'm like, yeah, you ain't lying. It's like, yeah, you're great. You're like, you're great, but I think his playmakers make him look better than what he is because if you didn't play with this type of talent, bro, you, would, you wouldn't be getting bailed out like you are because the last game, it was 24-24. They were playing against the Chargers. He threw up some bullshit to Travis Kelsey in triple coverage. Usually, Travis Kelsey pulls the shit down, but then it ended up getting picked off by the Chargers. And then I looked at it, I'm just like, that was a terrible throw. And he does that a lot. And Travis Kelsey saves him or Tyreek Hill saves him most of the time. And I'm looking at it like he does this a lot. He's a great player. He makes great throws. He definitely still a top two player in the NFL. But he throws up a lot of bullshits and gets saved, bro. I cannot lie about that no more. 
But yeah, my, um, my mama definitely, she definitely told me that the other day, <laughs> and I, I couldn't disagree. <laughs> yeah, bro, I can't, bro. So I'm going to say not too wild for that reason, because I think people are catching up to Patrick Mahomes at this point. I think we said the same shit last year, and the, the Chiefs ended up getting back on track. So maybe we're just overreacting to it. This is too wild Wednesday. But I think something is different about this year, bro. I think people, this is your third so, year seeing Something definitely, yeah. yeah, something definitely different this year. It's like, I, I don't think the Chiefs, have ever within the past four years at least they've never started off looking like this before so i don't think we're exaggerating with how we're looking at it right now yeah man so definitely not too wild man not too wild like the raiders are the biggest threat that's the team i'm really worried about the the raiders man definitely uh next one for me uh who has a better chance to make the playoffs the Bengals or the vikings and before you uh before you answer that question I know the records are are obviously. Oh, I know the Vikings should have won against the the um the Cardinals. They should have beat the Cardinals. The, the first game of the season went to overtime against the Bengals. The Bengals won on a field goal <laughs> in overtime, and then the Cardinals won one point while the Vikings were on the road, and then the Vikings beat the Seahawks thirty to seventeen. So the two out of these three games have been. Very good teams, regardless of how the Seahawks may be looking. They're they're a Super Bowl contending team in the NFC. So are the Vikings, do they have the best chance? Or do the Bengals leading in their division right now have the best chance to make the playoffs? I would say the Vikings. I would say the Vikings because the Bengals have the AFC North where you still have the Ravens and the Browns, bro. Mm -hmm. And with the NFC North, you don't have to worry about that. You got Aaron Rodgers, but how the Bears are looking – uh, who else is in there? You got the Lions. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions scrappy, but I would still pick They're the winless, Vikings over them. So. Yeah, I would still pick the Vikings over them. <clears> so <throat> I would say the Vikings, bro. The Vikings been tough. Like I said, I watched that um that one game they played in a couple of weeks ago against um the Cardinals. They should have won that yeah. Cardinals game. They should have <clears> won <throat> that Cardinals game. And that's why I'm still questioning the Cardinals. Because like I said, they shouldn't be 3-0 right now. They got away with the, the W with uh, the Vikings. But they haven't shown true consistency. So this game against the Rams is going to show a lot. I agree. I feel like the Vikings, for the exact reason you said, the conference that not the conference, the division that they're in, the NFC North is way weaker than the AFC North. And uh, the Bears, all the quarterback stuff we just talked about with Justin Fields and everything and with the coaching situation, that's going to be their downfall. And then the Lions are the Lions. They're winless. So all you have in your way is the Green Bay Packers. And I feel like the upcoming schedule that Minnesota has, you, you got the, the Browns on Sunday, but you're at home. So that's a winnable game, and I, I picked the Vikings to win that. But then you got the Lions at home. You got the Panthers on the road. That could be a game you can win. You got the Cowboys at home, a game you can win. You know, so the next four games are all winnable. The only one that really might be out of hand is the, um, is the Browns, and I'm picking them to win that still, even though I feel like they really might lose. Yeah, man. It's a good chance, man. It's a good chance for the Vikings and the Browns, but or for the Bengals too, man. But hey, definitely gonna be too close. I had something similar to that, so I'm gonna move on to my next one. The Patriots and Steelers both will finish finish under 500. Too wild or not too wild. The Patriots and the Steelers? Ugh. I I'ma say too wild. I I feel like I feel like both teams will finish above 500. Actually, you can't even be 500 anymore because it's 17 games instead of 16 now. Oh, damn, that's true. But still, you can be below 500 still. Well, well, yeah, you can still be below 500. Uh, Yeah, I, I say too wild. I feel like both teams will be um above 500. 
I and because there is a stat out there that says that Mike Tomlin has never had anything a other than season. he's never had a losing season. So this might be his first losing season. I don't know. He might go eight and nine or some shit like that, bro. Um, I think this will be the year the Steelers go uh under 500 because if you rock out with Big Ben, what I've been seeing the past couple of weeks, I don't think I don't think he's gonna be above 100. And let me look at the Patriots schedule. So the Patriots got the Bucks. That's an L. You got mm-hmm. the Texans W. Cowboys are tough. I'm going to give you an L for that. You got the Jets again. That's a W. But then you got the Chargers, the Panthers, the Browns, the Titans, the Bills, the Colts, the Bills again, and then the Dolphins. And you got the Jaguars sprinkled in there. You got the Falcons sprinkled in there. But you got some tough games, bro. And that back end especially. Ugh. I still say too wild, bro. I, I trust <laughs> Belichick. I trust Belichick. That's the only reason. I trust Belichick. That that's the only reason. I I don't see Belichick going below five hundred two years in a row like that. I don't see it. Not too wild, man. Not too wild. I think both will happen this year, which is surprising because these are both two historic, legendary franchises, and then in, in the same season, under five hundred. That's crazy. Um, next one for me. This is the most exciting year of college football in the past five years. Too wild or not too wild? Before you answer that I question, let me just let, let me just go ahead and say we got Oregon in the top five conversation again. We got Iowa and Penn State top ten. Cincinnati is making a push for the college football player. Arkansas is back in the top ten. Who after who knows how long? Like you said, so in within the past five years of it just being. Three to four teams all the time. We know who the same three to four teams is. Is this the most exciting year of college football in the past five years? And that's why I said I would expand it. I would expand it to, like, damn if when I say 10 to 15, like, for a lot of years, you know who are who is going to be the top two, top four teams, like you said. And I don't think it's the last five years. It might be the last 10 to the 15. This might be the best season because you don't know what's going to happen. Other than Alabama, other than Georgia, you don't know who's going to get at these last two spots in the college football playoff. Cincinnati is legit uh, a possibility to get in there. Like the past years, like they were around, but they, they weren't really going to get in. Iowa the same way. Penn State the same way. So these teams can actually get into the college football playoff. So, yeah, man, I would say the past maybe 10 years, man, this is probably most exciting. I say not too wild as well. Only reason I have it at five years is because I'm I'm really only counting the college football playoff years, you know. So that mm. that's really why I just say five. But I totally agree. I feel like there are so many teams now that are just emerging. While some of the top teams they're going through those rebuild processes, like LSU and Clemson, about to fall out of the top twenty-five, you know. So and um, Oklahoma and Ohio State, you know, they dropping, not really looking the same that they usually look. So shout out to all the teams that are actually making a push right now. I still think the playoffs should only be six teams at most. That way you got the top team still who we know should be there. And you have two dog fighting teams that are making a good case. I just don't want it to expand to the point where we start seeing too many blowouts. There are going to be blowouts regardless, no matter if it's four, six, ten, whatever. But I feel like if you just keep it minimized, you'll still have a huge engagement of eyes watching. If it's 10 to 14 teams playing and we know over 75% of these games are blowouts, I don't think anybody's going to watch really. But I, I agree, not too well. And this might be the best or most exciting year since that 2007 season. Like, 
I remember that 2007 year. That's back when I want to say Reggie Bush was still in school. Like it was a whole lot of upsets, bro. A whole lot of upsets. I mean, that's back when the BCS system was still in place, obviously. But I remember like Cal was a top team. Cal lost. Yeah. That's when they had job at best. USC lost. I remember Florida, I think, lost the game that year, but they still ended up going to the championship. Like it was a lot of revolving doors that was, in that uh, 07 uh, year. I promise you, I think. That was our problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Boise State, that's when Boise State was really on their yep. shit. Boise State ended up losing. Like, it was a lot of teams in the conversation that year, and there was a lot of teams getting upset by unranked teams. I think that was the year that um, Michigan lost to Appalachian State, the historic, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, upset. You know what I'm saying? That was that year. So this might be the best season since then. Definitely. You got another one? Yeah, next one I got. The Raiders are the best team in the AFC. Two out or not two out. Uh, not too out. They're undefeated right now. One of the last, what, four or five undefeated teams at the moment. Got a leading MVP candidate. John Gruden is somewhat proving himself with this contract that he done signed a couple years ago. So, yeah, I got to say not too out at the moment. And like I said, they're doing this without Josh Jacobs, bro. That's tough, bro. That's tough. I still think the Browns are the best team in the AFC. They just not they're not three and zero. Obviously, with a loss to the Chiefs, I still think the Browns are the the best team in the AFC. But I like the way the, the Raiders are looking. They're definitely a top three team, though, bro. And there's somebody you can't sleep on anymore because a lot of times you can sleep on the Raiders and get a W. Eh, not the same no more. They playing defense this year, man. So definitely shout out to them. Facts and uh, last one for me. Mark Jackson will be a head coach again. Too wild or not too wild? I seen him on Shannon Sharp's podcast mm. the other day. And he spoke uh, on Shannon, asked him about the situation. You know, do you feel like you could still be a head coach? And he's saying if anybody who can make a testimony to how good of a coach I could still be and have been is Steve Kerr. So I feel like having a good word from Steve Kerr just out in the media, just coaches in general around the league giving good word about Mark Jackson. I feel like that's all it'll take for a team and an organization, you know, to really give him that chance again. So. Uh, will he be a head coach again? Too wild or not too wild? Yeah, uh, he should be. But will he be? Is that something he still desires? That's the only question. I think he should be. But if he desires it, I feel like he, he sounded get like he did. He's, oh, he, he sounded he still like wants he still wanted I, to. I'm thinking that he's pretty comfortable where he's at because I know a couple of years ago, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson were kind of like in talks to be in the coaching hirings, but they didn't get any. They didn't get picked up. So I don't know if that was the last time they really wanted to try to become coaches or if they're comfy with the, the commentating gig because they like what they're doing. They're around each other a lot. They like the energy with Mike Breen. I don't know if they enjoyed that or if they want to get back into the coaching like with that such a demanding job. I don't know which one he wants. So it just depends on him. If he wants to do it, I think he will get it. But if he doesn't want it, I don't think he will, <laughs> obviously. Uh, I but agree. I, I, say not, I say not too wild. But – I don't think he needs a, a a word from Steve Kerr to to show that he's a good coach. I think he showed that he was a good coach when he was in Golden State. And right. Steph Curry is the biggest testament to that. Steph Curry would not be who he is without Mark Jackson. Klay Thompson wouldn't be who he is without Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson instilled a different type of confidence in those two players, and nobody mentions that. We see all the championships with Steve Kerr, but they forget about the building process that came with Steph Curry in that backcourt. I remember back probably like 2012, Mark Jackson said that Steph and Curry and Klay Thompson were the best backcourt uh, to almost ever play the game. Everybody called that nigga crazy for that. I remember niggas was calling that. They was ripping that nigga apart. 
we see it today. They're the best backcourt of all time. I think back yep. then he said the best shooting backcourt. I don't forget what he said, shooting backcourt or best backcourt. But he said something along the lines that he got tore apart for it. Now they're the best backcourt of all time. And he had nigga looking like a genius. So he instilled a different type of confidence in those players, and that cannot be understated. I, I totally agree. I, I say not too wild. I hope he coaches again soon, regardless of what team. Obviously, I would want it to be – uh, a playoff caliber team, but we, we know he can make a turnaround wherever he goes for the most part, but I don't want him to be in a terrible situation either. So hopefully he gets somewhere good. If he does still want to coach, like you said, who is the Knicks? Oh, the Knicks. Uh, Thibodeau now. Oh yeah. He ain't going to mm. the Knicks. I know he wants to coach for the Knicks. Uh, that was something that was like a dream of his because obviously mm. playing for the Knicks, he's from uh, New York. He wants to play uh, a coach for the Knicks, but do, I don't know if that's a possibility at this point. Do you think he's, I, I doubt he's, I doubt he has like a huge ego or anything, but do you feel like he's willing to be an assistant coach on maybe a certain team that he really, really might want to coach for? Or do you think he only looking at head coach opportunities? Oh yeah. He only looking at head coach him and Jeff and honey only looking at head coach. When you've had success uh, to a certain extent, you want to get back in that position. And I feel yeah. like watching from the sidelines with the commentating position is a great position to be in because you're seeing the evolution of the game firsthand. And that's why I think Steve Kerr was such a, a great hire for Golden State because he was watching from the broadcast booth before he ended up coaching. So he's seen the evolution before a lot of coaches did. We see him end up taking off with Steph Curry and the boys winning championships. But that was the reason. He's seen the evolution. Mark Jackson sees the evolution. He's not going to have the same type of systems from back in the day and use them in this NBA. He sees the evolution. He sees what works and what doesn't work for most of these teams. So I think they're going to they will be great hires wherever they go, though. All right, that's and it for mine. My last one is um, Jalen Hurts is the Eagles' biggest problem. Too wild or not too wild? After all them picks he threw? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. I'll say not too wild, but it's not in a situation where it's like you, you got to look for the next thing. I feel like these are just growing pains. He has a lot of learning to do. He's just not that guy yet. So I will say not too wild. He is their biggest problem at the moment, but he'll he'll grow into something better as the season goes on. Too wild is the answer. And I don't think he's the problem, but once again, it comes down to coaching, especially with these young QBs. The coach has to put you in the position where that you are most comfortable with. A lot of quarterbacks cannot just be drop back quarterbacks, bro, especially with these quarterbacks that are rollout run quarterbacks, bro. You just can't have them drop back 40 times, 50 times a, a game and expect something magical to happen when that's not their game, bro. Especially when, uh, obviously, with the Eagles playing the Cowboys this past Monday, they only ran the ball two or three times, bro. Mm. Like, no quarterback is going to win if you're only running the ball two or three times a game, bro. You're putting the whole entire game plan on my shoulders. I'm not Brady, bro. I'm not damn Patrick Mahomes. Like, you have to give me something I can work off of so the play action can hit, so my deep balls can hit. But if they are just expecting me to throw the whole game, you're not going to be successful with uh, Jalen Hurts, bro. That's just it. But that's not his fault. You got to give me something to work with. Give me something to work with so they're not expecting to pass consistently. Even before they were down big, they were not running the ball. Three times the entire game? That's crazy. I agree. So, yeah, man. I, I, too wild, I, I don't fault you for that, but at the same time, I've seen a couple of plays where it's just like you you just not 
you're not there yet. I don't know what it is that Jalen Hurts has to do at the moment off the top of my head, but he's just not there yet. I've seen a couple of rollout and even a couple of like play action plays where it's just like he just doesn't make the right decision when it comes to certain things. So he he's not trash. He's definitely not trash. I got I got love for Jalen Hurts. I want him to do well. It's just I feel like if I had to point at a particular thing that needs to get better, it would be Jalen Hurts. All right, man. And let's move forward to social media wants to know the conversation that a lot of people have been having is, is there a limit to what gifts should be in a relationship? Let me play the clip. Should there be limits placed on gifts in your relationship when you are not (laughs) married? Last year, last season, Lonnie and I were talking about don't act married if you're not married. This is acting married. That's a huge gift to someone that you're not even dating. I mean, you're not even married to. I feel like if a man gave me 28 whatever acres, I would feel obligated to stay with them if it didn't work. Ladies, (laughs) weigh in on this. Should That's an interesting conversation to have, bro. How, what is your take on that with the with the money back conversation and um, with Ari giving him like so much, uh, 2.8 uh, million acres in Memphis, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, um, 28 acres. Yeah, 28, 28 acres. acres. 28.2 acres in Memphis. Mm. So my take on it is it ain't your relationship. It ain't your business. Like that point blank period. That's what it is. These are two grown adults. Moneybag, almost 30. He just celebrated his birthday a couple days ago. He damn near 30. Ari is in her late, mid-20s or whatever. They're both millionaires. Let them... And they've been in a relationship now for over a year, year and a half now. So it's like they're clearly serious about each other. Neither one of them cheating on each other. They both bought each other extravagant gifts before. This is just the most extravagant thing we've seen them buy each other. And I don't feel like it's a problem, bro. I feel like if this is who you want to be with, whether y'all choose to get married or not, if this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with, whether it's a ring on it or not, it ain't no problem in buying people um, stuff like that. It's only a problem if you barely know the person and this is like your first gift to them or something like that. It's not that type of situation. So I'm, I'm glad Ari and Moneybad both spoke out on it and said, look, this ain't y'all business. Like, you don't know what this person does for me mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like, this is somebody that I clearly see in that way. So it shouldn't be a problem with me getting them that type of gift. I understand that because it's, you know what I'm saying? It ain't stunting if you got it type shit. But I don't like a lot of people calling her a hater because she had that opinion. And I honestly, I agree with her on when she said that. She said that, what did she said that, it makes you feel like you have to stay with the person because the gift is so extravagant, uh, extravagant. Because, bro, that's a that's how much money did she spend on that, bro? Twenty eight million uh, acres, bro. That ain't just like I'm no about to say, I don't, I don't know how no many. Um, I'm about to say I don't know how many how much money. Like she that's spent a, on a lot of money. So I feel like she had a valid point in what she is saying. If you don't, it's not even. If it might not. It might not have been that much like, money though, bro. We don't know how much money it was because we don't know how much. Land and we don't know how much money land in Memphis costs, and we don't know how much it might have cost to get them 28 acres. She might have gotten them 28 acres for, for the low. That's probably how she got so many acres. Mm, I don't know, bro. I feel like it's just it's certain limits. I think it should be some type of limit before you push it over that line, bro. Because now you're gonna feel like damn, I gotta stay with you because you gave me this, or you gave me that. And do you feel like you're going to stay together with that person that long? They could feel like that right now. But damn, if a year go by, you break up with dude, like, damn, 
Are you going to regret that? Are you going to be like, damn, I got to stay with him even though I don't fuck with dude like that because he got me some land or she got me some land? That's the conversation that's being had because it, it could come to a point, even though we don't want it to happen. Obviously, we want these two to be together for however long, but it could come to a point where it's like, I don't even want to be with you no more. And now y'all could be just staying together because you got him a car because, oh, I feel like I got to stay with you because you got me some land. And that's such a big deal, bro. Even though y'all got money and y'all balling, that shit could have been stepping over the line with that conversation. So I don't think she's a hater for having that opinion. I don't think she's crazy for it either. I understand mind your business, but that's a very valid point that she was making, bro. Very valid. Yeah, I, I don't think she's a hater necessarily. I just feel like it, it. if we don't know all the information about the situation, then it ain't it just ain't really your business you know what i'm saying so i i agree i i feel like you know she and she's older too like fan we we know her as fancy from jamie fox so fancy is older and she has that mentality of you know don't do that her and lonnie they came up in a generation where it's like you don't do certain things until you're at certain points but we're in a generation now where it's like as long as the loyalty is there and it matches We'll do whatever for each other. It, it's just different times and different mindsets. Perfect fucking example, bro. Perfect fucking example is that Quavo and Sweetie situation. My nigga got her a car. Niggas was going crazy because obviously a, a, a Benz or whatever the fuck she got, a Bentley, is a crazy amount of money. But we was cool with it. But when Quavo took his car back, <laughs> niggas was in shit. Niggas was talking <laughs> shit like, oh, Quavo, what you doing? Like, well, you can't take back the car, bro. You don't pay this much amount of money. And now she's stuck without no car. And now she feeling the weight. Like, that's why the gifts sometimes can go overboard. I understand y'all got money, so it is what it is, but it could come to the point where y'all loving each other at one point, but it gets to a point where, damn, I ain't even fucking with you like that. Or you rip the gift away, or you feel like you got to stay with somebody because they got you that gift. And she could have, a sweeter hike, he could have been thinking that too. He got me this extravagant gift. I ain't want to break up with that nigga until we got the elevator situation where it's like, ah, I went too far. And I feel like that's a perfect, uh, example for what we're seeing it right now bro when the giving somebody that extravagant of a gift might be too far if you don't see yourself mm -hmm. going to get married with this person bro because if you're gonna want to take it back or you're gonna feel like you want to stay with them so yeah i ain't mad at fantasy bro i ain't mad at fantasy at all true anything else nah all right moving on to entertainment and current events we got r kelly finally found guilty for sexual abuse but it takes it took so many years to get it to this point but you can go on with the story. I don't know, bro. He this, this is crazy. It's like so many people still y'all can love the music without making ignorant ass statements, bro. R. Kelly is dead ass wrong for everything he's done. Like we it's a lot of I don't want to say we because it ain't everybody, but a lot of people have to come to grasp with that, bro. Like y'all gotta learn to separate the artists from the music. Like, you you have to. It ain't nothing wrong with still playing some of R. Kelly songs. But even then, there are some songs where people are like, he could have been talking about underage girls in this song. So it's still going to be controversy about what songs you should listen to by him and all of that. But he's getting found guilty on sex trafficking, on racketeering for the sex trafficking and everything. And it's like, bro, like, how many R. Kelly defenders are still going to be out there just beating their chest saying, free this man? We gotta stop saying free this man, bro. It it's sad to see, and it, it it hurts. It, it hurts the black community. I know because he's the he's the king of R and B, bro. He's one of the greatest voices of all time. Whether it's just black artists or artists in general, 
everybody knows that everybody loved R. Kelly at a point of time. But now it's to the point, bro, where you he has to face his consequences. He has to go to prison. He needs to do whatever sentence they give him because they just found too much shit over and over. And he's done too many countless things. And I do want to say that the parents who were involved in this situation, they need to get punished too, bro. I get it. R. Kelly is wrong for dealing with underage girls and all that. But where are the parents? Like, where are the parents who need to go to trial? Where are the parents who need to get, you know, indicted and sentenced? Like, this is wrong on their part too. So I feel like there needs to be more blame, but I ain't I ain't mad that R. Kelly got to do that time, bro. He got to. Nah, bro. And I I, I heard about that. Junk. I don't forget who I was listening to, and they were talking about that. Like the parents, like really pushed a lot of these girls to like really mess with R. Kelly because they thought R. Kelly was gonna put the child on and put them on in the music industry. So it's like, yeah, go ahead and mess with R. Kelly. He's gonna do this for you. So yeah, you can do whatever you want with her. It's like that shit was crazy. How y'all really pushed our child. To make that decision, y'all were forcing it on her too because y'all wanted to live through her and wanted her to be such a success. But that ain't the right way to go about it, bro. If your daughter got talent, let her rock out with the talent, not try to make her be a part of some sex, some sick sex shit that R. Kelly got on. But this is what I would say about R. Kelly. And Huey Freeman said it best. Mr. Dubois, are you fully aware of the extent to which niggas love R. Kelly? The only thing I need to say about that situation, bro. <laughs> Do you understand to the extent that niggas love R. Kelly, bro? Niggas, niggas love R. Kelly, whether that nigga dead ass wrong, bro. Whether that nigga is dead ass wrong or that nigga is right as hell. Niggas is going to rock with R. Kelly to the end. It don't matter if that nigga is the sickest nigga alive with the sex trafficking. Y'all gotta understand, bro. Like you just said, he the king of RB. He done gave niggas hella hits. My mom still love this oh nigga, bro. God. You gotta understand to the extent that niggas love R. Kelly, bro. Even when that nigga dead ass wrong, niggas still gonna fuck with him, bro. He said, you gotta live with it at this point. Are you fully aware to the extent that niggas love R. Kelly? Do you understand how far niggas are willing to go to represent this nigga? <laughs> You remember that scene niggas was dancing in the damn courtroom with this nigga? He was singing and shit. Like, bro, you gotta understand, bro. Even when that nigga oh, is dead God. ass wrong, niggas gonna rock with that nigga to the end. Hey, shout, shout, shout out to Riley, man. Like my dog said, I'm gonna piss on your cat and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> nigga said, when you see P going into your, your direction, do you stand there you or move. do you move? <laughs> question like i i thought about this the other day which show is better at giving you the most unapologetic real humor real shit humor boondocks or south park south park goes goes far bro south park does go far i'm gonna say boondocks because it's more relatable to the culture but south park touches on a lot of shit bro south park touches on more shit i feel like south park touches on more shit but it's more relatable to the black community with Boondocks. I was going to say, I would pick South Park, bro, because mm. of the fact they touch everything. They get on everybody, bro. Boondocks mm-hmm. relates to the culture more. So I, I totally understand if more black people say Boondocks because they, they tell it how it is from our perspective with a lot of things. But fa- um, not Family Guy, but South Park. South Park gets on white people. They get on black people. They get on Hispanics. They get on Jews. They get on the government. They get yeah. on 
like social issues like they make a new episode about every single social issue economic issue everything they don't care who you are they get on chinese people they get on everybody so i love south park for that because they're unapologetic with everything bro but boondocks is a close second third i would probably say would be like family guy oh yeah family guy definitely up there bro definitely gotta give them respect um moving forward we got uh manny pacquiao retires bro what's the story with this so after his 43rd birthday, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken, he turned 40 something. Let me see. I'm looking at the age right now. He just turned. I thought he was older than 43. And he was about 50. Nah, damn, damn, damn. I had his age in front of me, but I can't find it right now. But Manny Pacquiao is retired with a 62 8 2 record with 39 knockouts you know he's the only boxer i believe to carry like uh you know a title throughout i want to say what three to four different um eras of boxing so i that that shit is crazy bro manny pacquiao definitely one of the best boxers of all time has had a lot of big fights you know everybody remembers the the pacquiao mayweather fight and it yeah. was even though he lost, it was a it was a fight to see, bro. And Manny Pacquiao has a lot of respect throughout boxing culture, just sports culture in general. He has twelve world titles and fourteen plus minute, and he has a, a fourteen plus minute retirement video up. You know, just going over his whole career, bro. So shout out to Manny Pacquiao. He's trying to be the president of the Philippines, I believe. So I feel like that's to why, that for a minute. Yeah. yeah, he's really trying to go all in with it now because I think he's retired before. So mm-hmm. I think this is this time he's actually for real. Yeah, definitely shout out to Manny Pacquiao, man. Was definitely one of the best boxers when I was watching boxing for sure, bro. Like him and Floyd was definitely peak. Was that? I want to say peak boxing because peak boxing was probably Tyson them. But mm-hmm. man, in my era, that yeah, was definitely peak boxing for what I've seen, bro. Like it was Pacquiao on Mayweather, and nobody was touching them niggas in my opinion, bro. <laughs> Pacquiao was definitely one of them niggas, man. And I feel like that he, fight was so late 43. in their careers. Oh, he's he is 43. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that, that Pacquiao Mayweather fight was just so late in their career. It was too late. Can remember they was building it up for so long? Like, oh, they got to fight. Yeah. They're the two best. They're the two best. And they, they pushed up for so long. And they pushed up. I think it was like in their mid-30s by the time they fought. It was just like, it ain't the same, bro. We wanted to see y'all niggas in y'all 20s boxing at each other, bro. So, yeah, I still remember that yeah, time. Floyd, that was, Floyd was like, Floyd was early 40s, I think. And Pacquiao was like, what mid 30s i want to say mid or late 30s so it, it was a situation where but that's where everybody looks at floyd like were you ducking pacquiao that whole time and you waited until you knew he wasn't at the peak that he was anymore before you chose to fight him so that's where all of that controversy came into play because if they fought when they were younger i'm pretty sure the fight would have been a lot different than what we've seen it looked like mayweather just he had the fight in the bag from the ding of round one but I don't know. It, it's a question that we'll just always go back to. What would have happened if they were younger? Yeah. Because they both had different fighting styles. So, like, Florida's more defensive. But if you get that nigga opportunity, like, he going to knock your ass out. But Pacquiao was more so like, nigga, I'm, I'm on the offensive, like, at all times. Like, I'm going at your head. And that, that's the big reason why everybody was asking that question, bro. It's like, you fight defensively. You're going to last long in this mm-hmm. league. Pacquiao was somebody, I'm coming at you. So by the time he pushing 40 or pushing mid-30s, he probably is going to be a lot slower. He's not going to be as strong. And you still going to be in peak position because you barely get in touch. So that, that's where the question came, bro. Are you ducking Pacquiao because you feel like both of y'all at a young age, 
he might give you that work, or I don't know. <laughs> uh, what a time, what a time. All right, man, moving forward, we got Yo Gotti becomes owner of an MLS team. Yeah, so recently, I want to say uh, Monday. Monday, it came out that Yo Gotti became uh, owner of the D.C. United MLS team. So he's now in the ownership group. The D.C. United have expanded their ownership group with four new owners announced on Monday, including multi-platinum musician, record executive, and philanthropist Mario Yo Gotti Mims. So I just wanted to um, announce that to everybody. Just say shout out to Yo Gotti. We see a lot of rappers now getting into a lot of these athletic fields with you know ownership or you know minority stakes or you know drake like how he's the ambassador of the the raptors and things like that and rapper rappers have elevated so much throughout the time that hip-hop was birthed you know it went from just being all about your music to no nah, master p and Birdman and you know, and, and all these other people showing y'all, look, we could Ice Cube, we could take over all this shit. Ice Cube with the big three. For all y'all who don't know, Quincy got a whole bunch of big three videos up. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's like rappers are taking over the athletic world. And you you can damn near do like Quavo said and be a rap elite. You know, you could be a rapper in the athlete world and they call you a rap elite because you you dominate in both on um, both things. Yeah. And they always said it, bro. Like a rapper wants to be a, a hooper or a, a, a athlete, and an athlete wants to be a rapper. That's that's why you see so much like interchanging between the two. Like you see that Bron. I remember he A and R two chains uh, project uh, that one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bron has been a part of a, a couple of people's things. I know KD has his own media production company. I know um, Russell Westbrook was close to um, with close with Nip, and he A and R a couple of his things as well. So you always see the interchanging of both. So I'm glad to see that Yo Gotti is being a part of the uh, owner of the MLS team because it's just more black people in the seats that we haven't really touched before. So we want to continue to see more and more black folks. Yo Gotti, I ain't even know Yo Gotti have money like this. Cause I think ain't oh, Bron yeah. like Yo Gotti got a uh, isn't Bron uh, uh, MLS owner? Uh, Bron, yes, for not MLS. I don't think. Uh. Liverpool, I think United. Bron got money. Manchester United? Is that Manchester, Manchester United? United or Liverpool or something like that? I ah, think it's, it's Liverpool. Liverpool. It's Liverpool. Is. It's Liverpool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Liverpool. Yeah. But yeah, Gotti definitely got money like that. CMG, C- CMG and Paper Route, bro. Dolphin got Gotti is more commercially commercially known than Young Dolph is, but Dolph and Gotti they beefing, but they the two. Other than Project Pat, they the two biggest names to ever come out of Memphis, bro. And Moneybag Yo is on that level, too. He he coming up as being one of those biggest names to ever come out of there. Yeah, man. So definitely shout out to bro. Definitely shout out to bro. Moving forward, I got, uh, is there a government shutdown looming? I wanted to read an article mm-hmm. for you guys because a lot of people do not know that this is going on right now. So the article states, lawmakers are scrambling to find a way to avoid a shutdown as the government is set to run out of money Thursday without congressional action. Failure to prevent a government shutdown has far-reaching consequences beyond Washington and would affect a large swath of Americans from new home buyers and Social Security recipients to air travelers and National Park visitors. Most immediately, many government employees were get furloughed, causing a massive ripple effect. So we've seen a government shutdown uh, a couple of years ago. We obviously seen a shutdown when it was the pandemic time. But it looks like we're going to run out of money. The Democrats and Republicans are kind of going back and forth, trying to push back the when it comes to cost at this moment, because if they do not come to an agreement by midnight at 12 o'clock, 
we are going into a partial shutdown. And then they said by October 15th, if everything isn't settled, we can go into like a full shutdown, no government, social security holdups. Um, like 420,000 jobs will be lost for that time period as long as the, the shutdown is going on. So this is a big deal, bro. A lot of people have government city jobs, bro. And nobody even knows that this is going on. Like this high key been hidden. But yeah, this is definitely going on tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say this, this is the night, basically. Uh, midnight for Thursday. We're we going to find out. Uh, but the biggest question I have is I, I'm pretty sure it's probably a dumb question. Uh, but why can't they just print more money? I, I never understood a country that is able to print its own currency. <laughs> always <laughs> seems to be in debt or run out of money. I'm sure y'all might have an answer who, who might know anybody in the comments or anybody or any, maybe I just didn't pay attention to history class, but I feel like if you can literally print your own money, I don't see how you ever run out of it or be in debt with anything for that fact. So, um, it, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because people were talking about it, has it being to be some sort of budget that they're sticking to. And that's why they're yeah. saying that they're about to run out of money. It has to be some sort of budget that they've got too close to. And it's just like, oh, because this has been building up for a minute. Like people were talking about this in early September. So it's getting just to a head at this point. So I think it must have been a budget that you can't surpass. And that's why people are like trying to push back on their expenses at this point. Like, oh, we can't spend on this because they said that the Democrats are pushing back on. uh on something i think it has something to do with like loans or something they got to push back the cost on loans because they can't do it because of the expenses and things like that so yeah but yeah that's a great question i don't and, know <laughs> and they they were already um talking about possibly having a shutdown because of covid again anyway so you already got the covid delta strain possibility for a shutdown and now you got the the government running out of money you know and and it's crazy because I'm surprised they've they've been giving out so many food stamps that they've been giving out over the past two years. Yeah, three and days, that's bro. why a lot of people say that could be a hint. A lot of people say that could be a hint that they're going to shut down soon. They gave you people more. have been giving out so much money for food stamps. I've been seeing people on my timeline saying they got sixteen hundred. You know, somebody had five bands in food stamps, bro. I seen somebody say they had five bands, bro. Like people are getting extra food stamp money out the ass out of nowhere right now. So, like you said, th that's probably a warning that they're not really telling people, hey, we giving all y'all this money right now. So <laughs> when we come out with the announcement that we shut down, oh, we don't want to hit it. We ain't give y'all shit. Or we not going to give y'all nothing in the next like two, three months. We've given y'all thousands of dollars worth of money to buy food. So hey, do it, do what y'all do with that money, but hopefully y'all spend it responsibly, somebody... especially those of y'all who got kids. Yeah, I, I seen that yesterday too, bro. Somebody was talking about food steps and somebody was like, yeah, I got extra on mine. And somebody had wrote that in the comments, like, could be a hit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That a <laughs> shutdown is coming. Like, yeah, it definitely is, bro. Because if y'all got to sit out for like a month or two, like they want y'all to be like, hey, we gave y'all niggas 500. Y'all really get 250, but we gave y'all five. If y'all spent extra, that ain't none of my concern. <laughs> or or y'all get y'all normally get seven hundred, but we're giving y'all twelve hundred this time. You know, we're giving you an extra five hundred dollars, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. be smart and ration that man. They ain't talking about it enough, but hey, y'all y'all gonna get slapped in the face come sat or uh, Saturday when them niggas hey, say your food stamps ain't coming this week or some shit or this month. Hey, definitely be on alert for that. Definitely be on alert. All right, next we got past the ox, man. And you brought up this question on the uh you had sent me it earlier today. Why didn't Miguel yeah. blow up like he should have? And the only reason I pose this question is because um, the other day we found out the lady who he's been with and married to, they've been together for a total of 17 years, but I think they've been married for like 10 
So they finally are separating and he's he's about to be single. She's about to be single. But I thought about this when I seen that and I'm like, damn, we've really known about Miguel for a little over a decade. Like at least yeah. <laughs> yeah, like at least um twelve to thirteen years or so, man. So it's like, damn, how how didn't he blow up the way he should have? Because he hit the ground running hard, bro. Like that first album. That first album carried him for like two, three years as is. And then all you had to do is just keep building on that. So maybe he's a writer now or whatever, or he's just like in the production game. So he's more behind the scenes. But I feel like we definitely could have gained something music wise as fans as having Miguel just continue to be one of those mainstream artists. I think it was more so him not dropping enough music. Like he's somebody who drops like every two to three years. And I'm looking up, looking it up right now. He ain't dropped since 2017. He dropped a single in 2021, but he hasn't dropped an album since 2017. And that was Warren Leisure with Come Through and Chill. I remember that was on that album. So he dropped one album and, in 2017, uh, one in 2015, and he dropped that song, one in 2012. Skywalker. He dropped that song Skywalker. Skywalker was on that one. Yep. So he dropped Wild Heart in 2015. He dropped Kaleidoscope Dream in 2012. And All I Want Is You in 2010. So it's a lot of space in between. And we haven't heard from him in four years, for real. So it's like you, Hakeem, have been forgetting about him. Because if he consistently came up with music, he would definitely be bigger than what he is right now. But he just doesn't. So I don't know what he's doing outside of that. If he's just worrying about more things uh, you know, outside of the studio. But I think it's more so that. I don't know, bro. Hey, Miguel, if you're watching, bro, we, we want your music, bro. You definitely <laughs> are OG in this game. You definitely have a great voice. And you, like I said, you came out. You came out hard, bro. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you're just choosing to not make music or choosing to just not drop the music you making. But we need you out here, bro. We we could use you at least. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Miguel. My song of the week is I Can't Take It Back by NBA Youngboy. He dropped Sincerely Kentrell on uh, Friday recently. So, yeah. I have Guilty Until Proven is Innocent by Jay-Z and R. Kelly. Funny as hell, because obviously the song is called Guilty Until Proven Innocent. And this nigga is literally harmonizing and singing in the background that he's not guilty. <laughs> and funny, funny, because this album came out in 2000. So 21 years later, this nigga finally gets caught up. But he's been having these same issues since the 90s, early 2000s about, you know, the sex trafficking and the sexual abuse. It took 20 They're going to be on your head if we make this <laughs> if we make this part of the clip. They're going to be on your head. Oh, Quincy, Quincy, Quincy fucking with the I'm not guilty. He fucking with the I'm not guilty song. Yeah, niggas going to be on your head. Like, remember how them Canadian niggas was on my head about the Raptors? Oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah. over you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely been funking that shit, man. Cause it's so funny listening to the track because he's just singing, I'm not guilty. And it's just like, damn, you definitely was guilty as fuck. <laughs> guilty as fuck, especially at this point, too. And uh, I think that's it, man. Uh, what we got for movie and show reviews? Uh Venom comes out this Friday, so look for us to hopefully do a Venom review within within the next week from Friday. So look out for that. Uh, we just finished raising Canaan. We'll have episode 10 up uh either today or tomorrow. Uh, what else? Uh, BMF just came out, so we might get into BMF and start on um, reviewing that. Uh, we've done Shang Chi. We've done uh, what else? We've done recently. Um, uh, Candyman. Candyman. Uh, um, old. Uh, we old. we've done so many movies leading up to now, bro. Suicide Squad. Uh, what else? What else? It was something else we did too. 
Damn, can't think of it at the moment, but we got a lot of stuff coming up, bro. Venom will be the newest hey, thing. Hey, you want to do that deal, that Dear Evan Hansen shit? Yeah, cause I do want to see that. I do want to see that. I think came that that came out Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I seen, I gotta watch. They, they said that was a play before it was an actual movie. That was a play, so they just turned it. Mm. It was like a musical before, so they just turned it into a movie. It's like all the same actors and shit, so they just turned ah. it into a rare movie. But that movie looks like powerful, my nigga. Like, and like just just the trailer gives you the gist of what is going on, and I'm just like. Bro, it's a lot of shit, bro. It's a lot of shit, bro. Got suicide involved. Niggas lying about who their friends are. Nobody has friends type shit. That shit definitely crazy. Yeah, we uh, can do that too. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, yeah, that's it. You can hit it with the social media. You can follow us on Twitter at QE Podcast One, Instagram at Q A N D E Podcast, Facebook and YouTube at Q and Sign. Oh, we gonna do Squid Game too. Squid. Oh yeah, Squid Game. Squid Game. Squid game. I heard that shit was fire. I've been in the I'm in the middle of that right now, so we can do a season review on that. Uh, clickbait. We gotta start doing some of these Netflix shows. Uh, clickbait is another one. I too. seen a little. I think I seen a little bit of clickbait. Denisha was watching that a couple weeks ago, mm. and I I seen her watching that. It looked pretty yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah, clickbait too. So yeah, we're and, gonna get on the uh, Netflix shows too. Gmail Q A N D E podcast at gmail.com. Yep, and also Q&E Media, man. Follow all of our social medias on that. Q-A-N-D-E Media on Instagram. Q-E Media, Q-E Media on Twitter. And definitely Facebook, Q&E Media. And also go to the website. Check out the articles. We got some more coming this week. Uh, check out the articles. Check out Make It Home Safe. Man, check out everything that's going on, bro. It's a lot coming for y'all, bro. Definitely appreciate everybody that has been supporting us to this point. Definitely appreciate it. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace.